0: Oh my God! Oh, jeez! Oh my God! How did? Oh, I, was... I didn't know that the dragons were gonna be that that big, Zane. Oh God! Oh, oh, that's not supposed to move like that. When, when you told me we were going to dragon when the, to to the dragon tails area to Dragonland. When you told me we were going to Dragonland, I thought that the fire would come out of the mouth, and I, I thought that they would be like little tiny things, like little stuffed animals. I didn't read the that fine
1: print. N- Look at the brochure, man. It's so whimsical and cute and cool. I thought we were going to learn some life lessons. I, <laughs> I didn't want to learn this kind of life lesson.
0: God, I, like, I don't even know where this guy begins and ends. It's just eviscerated across the entire countryside.
1: Oh, a, a, a Bashian nightmare. Oh, my God. Ben, we this got, sucks. We gotta get out of here. I don't. Uh, what's the, what's the rhyme? I, I I need something to get out of here.
0: I, I don't. I don't think we can go back to our regular place after no, this. We no. might have to. We might have to skip realities again. Hard reset. Hard reset. Okay. Well, I I I have uh, uncovered an invocation for just such an occasion.
1: <sighs> okay. Well, I'm desperate enough not to ask further questions. <laughs> All right.
0: I wish. I wish down in my bones. To go to a place called the Krampus Zone. Oh, not the Krampus Zone. It's probably not as bad as
1: you think it is. Okay, uh, hmm. All right, well, that goat demon is stealing some eggs. They're, they're not he, my eggs. Minding his own business. Not my eggs, not my problem yep yep don't start nothing won't be nothing <laughs> won't
0: be nothing <laughs> uh the we we don't want to fuck around and find out so let's let's uh, let's hightail it out of there to the place that smells least like brimstone as gandalf would do
1: Yeah, this, this seems pretty good. <laughs> All right,
0: I don't know if that was a yeah, direction. It,
1: it doesn't need a lot.
0: <laughs> doesn't need
1: a lot. Doesn't have a lot. <laughs> Just—it's a kids show. Start to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, we—we—it's—it's it's been a bit since we've been back in our own regular stuff. Uh, let nice reset button, easy, straight putt. Let's do it. By the book. Welcome,
0: listeners, to the Cartoncast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane, and we are the podcast that reviews old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. I wish
1: I wish to hear at last of Dragon Tales from the Carton Cast. That was better than Krampus Zone. Yeah, where, I, I, where did the what was the process? I
0: I I said Tell I me about wish about your creative I, I, vision. I, it first, it started with Bones, and then I realized that Bone rhymed with Zone, funnily enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, we learned that from Empowered.
0: Uh, and then. Uh, I went and looked up mythical creatures on the internet which and I tried zones. to find gross ones <laughs> yeah and which ones would be appropriate to zones
1: you know Krampus was such a big flash in the pan for like a couple of years and now I can't remember a thing about it.
0: it he he has one of the spikiest like search popularity like uh, windows probably for a long time ago yeah yeah the,
1: the, the planking of cryptozoology <laughs>
0: planking uh uh harlem Shake. charlie charlie sheen charlie
1: yeah oh do you think he was the
0: krampus do you do i think that charlie sheen was krampus list of
1: krampus what he does word, have tiger yeah. blood Her characteristics but i don't
0: know if he has goat demon blood are those adjacent goats and tigers yeah yeah, yeah. i got it i gotta go with probably yes that rounds up the yes
1: yeah, long horns, claw. Oh, okay, he's got a beard. There you go.
0: Yeah. Do they have to have a beard?
1: Human, screaming human-like mask. Yes. Stop
0: looking up Charlie Sheen. <laughs>
1: long claw-like hands. I assume. Couple of gold <laughs> rings on but There's a lot there. Yeah, but but today we're not talking about Krampus. Or Charlie Sheen? Well, he'll come up we later. talk about him a
0: little bit, maybe.
1: <laughs> I, I, I... Really hope we can have an episode where we don't devolve into a Charlie Sheen digression. Okay,
0: fine. What are we doing then?
1: We are talking about Dragon Tales. Yeah, uh, it's been a
0: while since we did a kids' cartoon. Cartoon, specifically edutainment, kind of, very young. Mm-hmm. Arthur quotes
1: queries from
0: the book of virtue whatever that one was called <laughs>
1: arthur again arthur again yeah i mean kids cartoons we, we we can we can only wade into that pool so often because we so often uh uh we 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 end up circling the same main points right like how well did they teach the kids how entertaining was it how did they combine those two and then it's like is there anything unique and interesting about it because uh uh this one actually uh, yeah kind of a little bit it, it's getting there. I
0: think you're right that it, we tend to circle the same points. And uh, I, um, we, we have a lot of different like subcategories where we have to approach it with a very generous gradation. Because mm-hmm. so much depends on the era in which you watch this and the age in which you are. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we have to put on our w- weird uh, Halo enthusiast hats for <laughs> red versus blue. And we have to put on our little baby's first coloring book hats
1: for, you know, this this kind of thing. We encountered Sonic too many times and now I actually think I'm into Sonic. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> How I did that happen? <laughs> do you ever
0: have that? <laughs> Emails. Do you, do you
1: ever feel the Sonic mania?
0: <laughs> I do. I do feel the Sonic mania. And now I'm a Sonic hero.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think part of the reason this show uh, endured beyond its own, you know, Okay, so it's it's a PBS show. It's for kids. It should stay relegated in that one little zone of pop culture. Mm-hmm. But I've heard from a couple of people, like, no, even as older uh, children engaging with this show, I, th- I think it had kind of a like a My Little Pony aura about it. Where, yeah, it's pretty simplistic, but it it goes down smooth.
0: It it's smooth enough. It's not my level my level of pony little. Uh, <laughs> Little my, little po- my little pony levels of watchability as somebody older than three like sure. there's i i think that that's a the,
1: the ages are so graded you, your blood pressure will never spike watching this
0: yeah it's just so calm and like easy and tedious um mm-hmm. and you know like i'm not the age that will appreciate it so i have to just engage with it intellectually whereas my little pony friendship is magic i'm no brony but like there are parts of it that i actively enjoy this is more just i'm doing my research you know yeah of course but you know the one thing that i was thinking when i was watching this is uh i, I actually went on to common sense media it's dragon tails by the way i don't know if we said the name of the cartoon
1: yeah two words
0: dragon and then tails and no tales. it's not a
1: pun yeah, it, it, well, it's, it's well. It's It T-A-L-E-S. is
0: a pun, but it's spelled like a, like the tales like a, from Tailspin. Yeah, like a yarn from Tailspin.
1: Not like tales from uh, Sonic. Was it tales from the Book of Virtues too? Uh stories, lessons, dictums, a- Aesops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we. I went on Common Sense Media and and looked around a little bit to see what the reviews are. First of all. You know, it's graded either kids reviews, parents reviews, uh, pretty much four stars ab- across the board. There's is that like, out of five or out of four? It's out of five. Okay, yeah. So like you know, it's it's pretty well regarded and pretty well remembered, which I, I think is fair. I, mm-hmm. I think that this is a very decent PBS show as the as far as they go. It's mm-hmm. no Arthur, but it's kicking the it's kicking around in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. But 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 so one critique from a one star review is that it's very uninteractive for a child.
1: Yeah, nobody's asking
0: me where's the map. Ex- I was thinking Dora the Explorer so <laughs> hard with these guys. Uh, yeah, and it was around the same time as Dora the Explorer as well, because this was 1999 until 2005, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Dora the Explorer was 2000, so it was around the it was around the same time as that. Um, it was. Sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. Do you want thought.
1: me to do the production now? Yes, please. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so it, it ran on PBS on the PBS Kids block, and it was produced by Sesame Workshop, the Sesame Street fame, uh, as well as several Sony subsidiaries. But the interesting thing about it is uh, it was created by Ron Rodecker, who is an artist and teacher, and he was drawing dragons after his heart surgery to represent forces beyond our control.
0: Yeah, that was the that was the element... Uh, Which, that spawned it didn't come show. across
1: in the show, but that's fascinating. No, but
0: imagine if it did. Like uh, the yeah. dragons were all just like uh, coronary diseases of some sort.
1: Yeah, that's a little dark. Yeah, <laughs> d- d- they each have a different organ failure.
0: All, all of the lessons are about how to
1: prevent embolisms. Ord, why are you so big and huggable? <laughs> yeah, it's because I got. It's because I'm a heart factory. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is that voice?
0: I don't know what that voice is.
1: What banjo? I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: Banjo. I think you were doing a Goofy. They're <laughs> all kind of um, in the same ballpark of, like, bipedal barn animals
1: with hats. Yeah, but unlike Goofy, uh, this show was not based on a prior property, right? So it, they passed on it, it. It was passed on several times for being too big a risk, right? We don't have an automatic fan base here. No. Uh, and then it got a grant from the Department of Education.
0: Yeah, and and it is a quality show, so it must have, like, used its money pretty pretty wisely,
1: Yep, like, ran for a few seasons, mm-hmm. um, but because it received you know uh, uh, you know uh, uh, state funding, and because it's on PBS, it is an educational show, and uh, it has three primary educational goals, and they are to encourage children to take on new or difficult challenges in their lives, mm-hmm. to help children recognize that there is more than one way to approach a challenge. And to help children understand that to try and not succeed fully is a valuable and natural part of learning,
0: I uh, I looked into this a little bit, like the the the, the context behind them creating this show, and the mm-hmm.
1: producers
0: wanted it to be mostly emotionally driven. You know, the kids have some emotional catharsis by the end that they work through by talking it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the writers convinced them that it would be boring, so they changed the <laughs> dictum to uh, "do whatever you want" and then shove emotions in at the end, which
1: I yeah, think a is little, a little bit you know these, a very these people, good decision. You know when you when you work on Sesame Street, you're like, listen, yes, you can have morals, you can have the letter Q, uh, but what
0: you need give, first uh, give us is colors and sounds. Give us colors and music.
1: <laughs> first, you need the odd couple doing their routine. And then you need a large bird. These things are necessary. <laughs> the large bird is critical, and it—you it, know—the big difference between this and a
0: Sesame Street. I mean, aside from that's puppets, but like you know, I don't consider that a distinct a distinction. Just check out our episode on Cousin Skeeter or Fraggle Rock. But uh, the big difference I think is that this is wholly uh, visual. Like, there's no interaction with this. It's mm-hmm. not Dora asking us to do a thing. It's not Elmo. T- Talking to us directly talking about the letter Q, you know, and it's just yeah. like the, we're watching kids They're doing their own thing and there's no fourth wall broken This it, is it this is a just different... a cartoon. It doesn't break the normal edutainment barrier of trying
1: to Engage us personally, you know Well, it appeals to a different level of engagement from children, right? So so Yes, you can have shows and things where you're interacting where you're singing along um, And then you have other things like uh, when you're listening you know in in the car to a to a tape of something like uh like the magic flute or like peter and the wolf right where you don't really know what's going on but there's a
0: feeling so much of this feels like Pete, uh, uh uh the magic flute to me
1: yeah I, I was thinking of peter and the wolf when i heard the orchestral like b- sound moving through the episode mm-hmm. and just like not even like complex instrumentation like it's a wind ensemble and it just lays the ground grounding for how you should feel plus how every line is said like clear what the emotionality should be. And then the plot just kind of whatever. It
0: does that classic, like the main dude says something that's a little bit gross and like the, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's a very pleasant orchestral score uh, around which the story kind of wanders aimlessly. And you know, it's like it 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 lumbers. It like it's not a dramatic Hans Zimmer thing. It's just like, what if we were in Hundred Acre Woods? What would it sound like there? Probably pretty pleasant. Sure, It'd yeah. l- lumber along. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's get let's get into the let's get into the story here. I yeah, I don't so the- actually have a whole lot to say about this show in general, so it's going to be a pretty quick episode probably. But uh, I I don't think we do ourselves any favors
1: by putting it off. Yeah, I mean the basic premise is there's a couple of kids, Emmy and Max, and they, um, oh boy, so they can go into Dragonland by wishing on this dragon scale and rhyming, and then they can come back with a different rhyme. Now, Ben, do you remember Chalk Zone? I do remember. Rudy's got the chalk. Yeah, yeah. Rudy has the chalk. He has the chalk. Uh, that was that was the moral lesson that we learned there. Yeah. Best not, best not be uh, getting in on Rudy's turf. This is chalk.
0: <laughs> make you a pair of chalk galoshes. So
1: <laughs> It'll make you sink to the bottom of the river, and then slowly but surely, it'll chip away. <laughs> it erodes rather um, quickly, so, chalk. So remember how little prompting and plot setup we needed for Rudy to jump into Chalk Zone? Yeah, just, just a thing. Just go to Chalk Zone. Even shorter here. So we got a couple of kids... 10 seconds in the real world they find an excuse to jump into dragon land they don't find an excuse they just that
0: it's it's the activity today they just want to yes. do it like they just <laughs> decide to go we are like are you ready to go yeah let's go and then they say the I, line i don't
1: really even understand why they need the framing i
0: kind of like the framing though like i yeah
1: because well think about you know
0: th- there's like this um there's this animation detail where when they do the the chant when they when they when they summon from the pentagram the spirit of dragons that
1: transports them into Dragonland, uh, yes, so, uh, quote unquote transports them into Dragonland, chasing the dragon, riding Old Smoky, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, uh, quote unquote huffing hallucinogenics as children, yes, puff the magic heroin.
0: Um, <laughs> what happens on the screen is that the dragon images on the wallpaper come to life. I, I think oh, was that what's happening? Yeah. Well, I think what we're meant to perceive this as is the real world children kind of working through their emotions, w- by with like kind of an imaginary friends, like a like a therapist with a puppet almost. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that's what the framing device accomplishes. Is it? It's showing us this isn't kids in Dragonland. This is you. This is you, the viewer who is watching, who has emotional things going on. Yeah, they yeah. are playing pretend, but they're, you know, coming coming home gr- uh, stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect.
1: Yeah. So so uh, the dragons uh, learn lessons, or they do something hard, or the kids learn lessons or do something hard. Uh, mm-hmm. If the dragon does it, their dragon badges glow, which we can get into. And then there's an end of an episode where they're like, we are done here. And then yep. they go back to the room. Time world. to end the episode. <laughs> and, scene. and scene
0: yeah i think yeah, so, this is handled pretty well like it it can't be any more complex than cassie wants to be in a play but she's shy or emmy is upset about losing a soccer match and doesn't want to play games where she loses
1: or they break a yo-yo and when they go into Dragonland, a gnome named Simon plays a bunch of Simon Says games and traps them in a uh, Candyland esque adventure until they can outsmart him and escape.
0: I, I, I don't know what that one's supposed to mean, emotionally speaking.
1: <laughs> well, it's about listening to directions because you can only move if he says Simon Says.
0: Ah, gotcha.
1: He's, he's awful.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, like a lot of these little characters are, but it, it is paced quickly enough. It's not as tedious as a lot of children's programming.
1: Sure, yeah, especially for this yeah, really it, young age. Like this is two even, to three, right? Even if a short plot isn't enough to fill the episode, they'll use it as a springboard to move on to like extend it a little bit, right? Oh, we have to watch after the cloud factory. Oh, the cloud factory's gone haywire. Oh, we have to keep this cloud from affecting the parade. Oh, we have to, you know, it, it, it kind of leads so you can tack together uh, uh, stories that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other, but can carry around a common theming. That
0: That's true. And I, to take that point a little bit further, I think that it really helps that um, that we have all these different places to go to and all these disparate personalities in the dragon cast. Like, it's not just, you know, uh, again, the example that I keep coming back to is Dora the Explorer, where it's like kind of three characters and they're very, like the, the backgrounds are not all that disparate. Mm-hmm. I, I have open a Wikipedia page with the uh, subheading <laughs> "Places in Dragonland," and th- this this feels like uh, you know a, a like somebody data mined a Donkey Kong Country yeah. video game. Like <laughs> Dandelion Forest, Dragon Beaver Dam, the Dragon Dump, the Dragontronic Super Cave, the Knucker Hole.
1: <laughs> the excuse me, hole. The Knucker Hole. The, please spell. Welcome that. to the knucker hole. I'm not hearing knucker, am I? It is.
0: It's like knuckles, but instead it's knucker.
1: Oh, good. Here I
0: am, tougher than the knucker hole. <laughs> so, like, it it just it sounds like a video game. Like it 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 is. You know, this is what made Moomin pretty great is that it actually felt like a real place. Yeah. So same thing with Hundred Acre Wood or the Berenstein Bears. Like all of these kids, it it just has to be like generically natural
1: environment but with you know room to walk around in yeah and i mean it's it's not like the world itself has a cohesive sense of it it's like this is a fantastical place it can have whatever you want like if they said like hey guys we got to go down to the dragon car wash i'm like yeah that makes sense sure they would have that (laughs) dragon cars that's fine um and i agree that the the variety of the main cast, you know, even if you have a pretty simple message, you can show how different uh types of people would respond to the same challenge.
0: It's it's a lot like what we got in um in in recess where yeah. we just had like the six personality types and I believe that they're all a group um but, uh, but we get we get to see the same situation play off of different kinds of people, and they tell mm-hmm. you right in the intro: this one's scared of stuff, this one's <laughs> shy of stuff.
1: Yeah, did you did you do you remember that one Futurama episode, uh, Yo Lila Lila? I don't know. Where she like goes to this other planet and sees these cute little like children's show characters, but that's what they actually exist, and she just steals it and writes it and makes a show. Doink!
0: Don't lick things that don't want to be licked. But how do I know what to lick and what not to lick?
1: It's very simple. If it's alive, don't lick it. Like a horse, a turtle, or a cricket. I like turtles. No, that sounds like this, a sixth season. It's a sixth season. Yeah, It reminded me a lot of this. Okay. Just like the basic construction, the very overt, like, I'm sad now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the brave one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean I mean it's probably why Inside Out
1: is good, although I still have to watch that. Yeah. Um so getting into like uh more of the specifics of these characters. hmm So the uh the dragons I think are kind of the main focus here. Um Yeah, but, the uh, the kids are more like the audience surrogate. Yeah, so Emmy is uh, Andrea Libman, who played uh, Pinkie Pie and Fluttershy from My Little Pony.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. There's a lot of My Little Pony friendship is magic uh, voice cast in here.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Emmy is pretty clearly the main character. She can like think through problems and explain the themes and lessons, whereas Max is like, he's learning the lessons, but he's not going to teach them. He's an instigator. I think it's more of a there's a boy and a girl, so that either a boy or a girl watching this feels represented or like feels like they can inhabit the show a little. I think the age difference is relevant in terms of what they end up doing. You know, uh, Max would be more—he's he, good-natured, but he just—he messes up a lot. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Do you know who voices Max? I do not. It's Danny McKinnon, who voiced Enzo in Reboot. Pfft, I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. That went down and, memory holes, Zane. Yep, so these are these are children.
0: Yeah, these are—they uh, look a lot like Dora the Explorer if they're, they had— if they had reasonable proportions, these are some children. Yeah, they look like real children. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a little
0: too much. Yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> to the point where, like, oh, he's next to a dragon. That, like, I don't know. It's like the same thing with Snake versus Kirby. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's Like one of these, and right, <laughs> and
1: then Kirby eats him and gets that stubble and head beautiful band. beard. Uh, uh, and they were actually joined in the third season by Enrique. He's who, uh... aggressively demographically competent yeah. like he's, he, he's, he's oh you don't think they want you know they did a good job in having multiculturalism and plot lines and lessons
0: they, they already have the one guy what, what is his name like Zartex or something
1: oh uh, uh, Quetzal. Quetzal the old Hispanic dragon yeah yeah
0: they already have a, a Hispanic stand in and it wasn't really handled great there
1: was, i didn't mind him
0: i kind of did it like it's not the worst but like it's but this uh this it, enrique it's like in kid, gravity
1: falls you have Seuss, uh, seuss's abuela like yeah okay here's a here's a family dynamic that i buy and this is like the archetype of the mentor you know world-wearied wise figure and yeah they, they gave them a little cultural flair yeah you're
0: right he's fine enrique is enrique. a little bit
1: hard <laughs> There was a... There he's was constantly
0: a, translating things into Spanish for us, which is just, like, it's, It's like, it's...
1: That's are trying kind of, that's too what hard, pulled,
0: child. Yeah, well, they're trying to Sesame Street it, right? Like, they, they're trying to do that interactive thing, but he's
1: the only one who does it, so it's the fucking o- weird. And the only reason it works in Sesame Street is because they explain what they're doing while they're doing it. Like, well, I'm homeless. You know, I don't have a house to go to. I kind of migrate from place to place but i'm still a person i have my own troubles but we can still be friends and it's like okay great i have a i I as a child have a better concept of this uh uh, you know the the inclusivity enabled with otherness you know like like there there's connections that you can do there in a positive way
0: (laughs) it's just a little like the sesame street is predicated on trying to teach you something this this show mm-hmm. isn't and it, it just feels like they're yanking my ears to pay attention and it's just it's it just breaks my immersion a little bit
1: silly enough so, again like the idea of this show is it's trying to teach you more like moral things than than more specific lessons it's like well let me see what these uh these things are again it yeah recognize that there's more than one way to approach a challenge Trying and not succeeding, tr- take on new challenges, do new things. Right. It's this a is an feeling. art. It's inst- not specific.
0: This is an art installation. It's not a textbook.
1: So the idea of having a character who's just like getting you used to, almost via habituation, uh, other cultures could be done well, um, but it's it, it was pretty unsuccessful. There, there's a, a a paper here in a journal, and I don't know how legitimate this journal is, but I saw this and I couldn't ignore it. Okay. This is a paper by Philip Serrato, and it is looking at uh, uh, how well the show did this, basically. This show specifically? Yep. The the analysis begins with the contention that the effacement of Latinos' physical, cultural, and linguistic differences vis-a-vis the representation of Emmy and Max constitutes an understandable strategy for neutralizing the otherness of Latinos, but actually undermines multiculturalism because it fails to nurture children's ability to live fearlessly with and within difference. It's basically saying like rather than make this a person, you made him both like you tokenized um, him. You 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 made him both token and like unremarkable and also exoticized him. This is something that
0: happened a lot in in media um like in the 90s where they they wanted to be representative of like a gay lifestyle. Mhm. Uh but they they you can't make a gay person have flaws because that's prejudicial. So they all end up being kind of this
1: white applesauce nonsense, you know? No, no, they they go or, or they go the other way around and they just make it extremely flamboyant because, well, or both. Like in the early two thousands, we can't tell our kids that gay people exist and what gay actually is. It's it's, it's that that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's going to lead them down to communists, communism.
0: Yeah. Fabulous communism. Yeah, communis- communism done right. Wink. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, 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 I agree that Enrique has not done well with this uh, pa- paper from the internet that you found. I, I feel a little bit like they're horning in on our turf now. Like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. and But he's yeah, just well, doing it with know. like better sounding words and a thought process. And I, uh,
1: I, I, I'm, I feel seen and I don't like it. I am not proud to say that I. I think we probably have a bigger audience than he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, thankfully you can avoid Enrique by just avoiding the third season.
0: That that is that is that is a welcome departure. Yeah, it just. But, did did it shift your
1: focus super hard as well? I was just like, this guy adds nothing, and like, I'm not here for the humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of was in... I liked Max and Emmy. I thought that they were relatable little munchkins. They, they escaped the human world in the way that I hope to by having fewer people around and more dragons around. I do like their sibling relationship. I find that very
0: cute. You know, kind of the only friends we have by necessity sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're precocious. And it
0: also like feels like this is a secret that they're keeping from the adults.
1: Well, yeah. You know, kind, how, kind how would you like, begin to explain this? Like,
0: what if Timmy had a friend who knew about the godparents? Is kind of what it felt like. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, like, and
1: you can kind of like figure out stuff together.
0: Yeah, and it, like that's just a, uh, it's it's easier than like the way they do it in Fairly Odd Parents is they have them talk to the man to talk to. I guess they just talk to the dragons here. I just thought that that it was nice that we also got kind of a sibling relationship in there, which is. Again, think about what demographic we're talking about here. It's the, the audience. It's not unreasonable that there could be two kids watching this. It would probably be a nice thing to have them treat each other well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets a um, little bit of get, get nurturing instincts in there. But yeah, I'm here for the dragons. Give me a dragon. Pick a dragon, Zane. I only <laughs> I only wrote a few of them down.
1: So, uh, in general, the dragons that they hang out with, the, the the main ones, they're kinda like dogs waiting for their owners to come home. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like they 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 want to go on adventures, but they usually wait for the kids to do it, you know? Well, it is plain. Um, they'll do what the kids say. They're they're just really happy to be engaging with these people from another world. Mm-hmm. So, um in one episode they're they're on a beach, the dragons are, and they're complaining, Oh, it's you know, it's so hot. They're not going into the water. They're just complaining that it's hot. When the kids arrive, the kids say, hey, let's go to a cold place for snow adventures. And the driver's like, yeah, no, of course, that makes sense. We can fly and we have no jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they could have gone at any point. They just didn't. Yeah, They, they, I, I they, see your they, point. they exist entirely for the kids, right? It's, it's Calvin and Hobbes.
0: I mean, that's what you want your stuffed animals to do. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want them to have lives outside of you. Like, that's a that's a very, like, six-year-old kind of revelation moment where you're like, oh, people have lives that aren't me.
1: <laughs> an imaginary friend that has a job, and you only see them when they're off the job, that's and they're too so tired. That's so funny.
0: <laughs> like, like <laughs> just just having a, a, like, being a four-year-old and having an imaginary friend of, like, a 20-year-old named Dennis who, like, works at the, the auto shop.
1: Den- let's go on adventures. Listen... I'm I'm pretty wiped. You we can hang out, but like I don't know. Can can you can you put on the office?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just I just kind of you know just try want to put my feet up. Yeah, mind if I smoke? (laughs) Hey, child, Um, mind if I smoke?
1: (laughs) You gotta ask, right? I mean, that's not good for them. They teach
0: politeness here.
1: So uh, Ord is the big dumb dragon.
0: He sounds like a Looney Tunes schmo. Like mm-hmm. he sounds like it, it, did he, I don't remember what kind of Looney Tunes thing it was from, but it was a very clearly uh, of Mice and Men reference. This guy sounds Lenny. like the Lenny.
1: Yeah, the, there, there's archetypes where you have some characterization or like divergence or like a like a something that uh, inverts it, and then there's just we this is the archetype. Here's our guy. He's a big dumb guy. He's you know. Not brave. He's just strong.
0: We can't have complex characters in this. That that's not how the show works. So I, I thought that this was a it was fine.
1: Um, the more complex would be Cassie. Yeah. Um, so th- this is she's voiced by Chantal Strand, mm-hmm. uh, who voiced Bijou in Hamtaro.
0: I, I noticed that. Yeah. I I was putting the voices together in my head and was like, yeah, that is that is pretty similar. And uh, <laughs> this voice is grating beyond belief. Think Steve Urkel on helium
1: yeah it's pretty it's pretty high up there, and it's um not very confident, so they're you know usually when she's talking, she's worrying about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh you know i I didn't do this right. It's a big worry I, I need to advocate for myself, but I can't. It, again, um,
0: we're getting hundred acre woods DNA kind of stuff. like these mm-hmm. things are all pretty similar where you, you can kind of see these characters manifesting uh, childhood anxieties. Of some sort or disorders, you know, like Ort is a big, Ort is a big coward. Um, Cassie is very uncertain and like Wembley, like again, all these shows kind of have the similar, you need archetypes that have some
1: sort of emotional struggle for kids to connect to that are Mm -hmm. common in kids. So I think Cassie works really well considering the show's construction. Mm. So, um, the messages that they're trying to give to kids are things like, you know, uh, you know, you can speak up for yourself or you can, uh, you know, try new things, try things in a different way. And what will happen with Cassie is she, she's the voice of reason, but she doesn't like rocking the boat. So you might have a plot line where they're doing something a little bit wrong and she won't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then it escalates and escalates until finally it's a big deal and she has to stop them and, and she manages to do that. But it it informs the viewer, like, you can you can cut things that are bad off early on. um and people will thank you for it, you know. Yeah. Like, like I think there's a lot of good work to be done with Cassie.
0: I, I liked her better than the than Ord certainly, and like all the other dragons, are, are pretty faceless to me, except for Quanzo or whatever his name was.
1: Quetzal. Quetzal, like pretzel, yeah, <laughs> like the dragon god of the Aztecs. Oh, like Quetzalcoatl. Sure. Was he a dragon? I thought he was a bird. Uh, I thought he was a bird dragon. I think a quaddle is like a specific kind of bird dragon. What is a bird dragon? Does a phoenix count? It's kind of like bird dogging, but like... Does a Phoenician big, count? Uh, big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out. Uh, a Feathered serpent.
0: Okay, yes, that does sound like... That. I'll grant you that it sounds like a bird dragon at first glance. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't have much more to say. I think Cassie's probably my favorite, even
1: though she had my least favorite voice. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of problems with the whole cast. The only it, they, other ones they, they that I even— together. They support each other as a group. You know, no individual here is particularly strong. hmm
0: mm-hmm. And the only other one that I bothered to write down, because they, they do so in the uh, opening credits, is Zack and Wheezy, uh, or, if you prefer, Phil and Lil. Just like the extras. The extras, they yeah. always come as a pair. They don't really contribute much, and they don't have big problems. It's
1: just such a weird place for an old married couple doing shtick. So this is voiced <laughs> you know? by Jason
0: uh, Mikas and Kathleen Barr. Kathleen Barr, interestingly, voiced both Marie Kanker and Kevin from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You
1: can really hear the Marie Kanker. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when she's laughing at her own jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much in
1: there. Like like a preteen witch.
0: Apparently they weren't supposed to be called Zack and Wheezy at first glance. Uh back then in their initial conception they were known as Snarf and Bugger, which is not, not good. good. I mean it's snarf for
1: copyright reasons, of course, and bugger for let's hope copyright reasons. <laughs> let's just say let's just say uh
0: (laughs) the only thing i really have to say about these guys other than just like they're they're memorable faces in the crowd you know like um like like phil and lil
1: you didn't mention who jason Michas uh i i I didn't
0: i didn't recognize the voice
1: uh that is captain bucky o'hare captain bucky o'hare yeah
0: i did not hear it (laughs) no that's that's a different character but it's good to know he has a range and
1: I guess Zack is the most relatable because he's pissed off at Wheezy, too.
0: <laughs> he's like, oh, why do I got to walk around with this guy? I'm attached to this. It's, I, it's, it's just a, it's just a Phil and Lil. They just... Didn't they
1: do this in Camelot, the two-headed dragon? Quest for Camelot? Uh, you might be thinking Spam-a-lot. No, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe. No, Quest for Camelot is a 1998 movie. I don't know Quest for Camelot. Animated musical fantasy film. I know the board film. game. The two-headed dragon. Uh, yeah, we could. Cary Elwes was in it. No way. Does he? Does the two-headed dragon give one of its two livers to Mel Gibson? <clears throat> I can't believe this voice cast of Quest for Camelot. Carrie Elwes, uh Elwes, uh, Gary Oldman, Don Rickles, Jaleel White, Jaleel White, <laughs> <laughs> Celine Dion. Oh boy, <laughs> who is Jaleel
0: White again in a recent thing? I know he's Urkel, but like, he
1: was, no, he was <laughs> he's also sonic. he was also
0: Sanic. Yeah, that's right. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, there is one animation, like, just one character note I want to make, which is I really like their little music note necklaces. I think that's very cute and clever.
1: Yeah, yeah, how uh, Zack is very one note, and then uh, Wheezy is kind of a lot to well, deal with.
0: I just like that, you know, it's it's one and two, clearly, like thing one and thing two. That's a common oh, motif yeah. in anything where you have two of them is you, you put the one on one of them and the two on the other one. But I just like that it's music notes. I, I think that's just a nice little... Illustrative flourish that mm-hmm.
1: I I really latched onto because other than that there's nothing here. Yeah, two headed was the right call because neither of them would support a character on their own.
0: It, it again I like I've said it probably five times already because I'm trying to get an, a rise out of you. I guess it's Phil and Lil. It's the same. It's the same structural utility. I, as I don't know why Phil you think Lil.
1: I'm gonna get a rise out of Phil and
0: Lil. Like, I, I'm yeah, not I a rise. I was just Lil trying are. to get you to react to it in some way. I. I <laughs> I just wanted your validation. I think I'm really yeah, going through a lot of emotional characters, twins.
1: Here. Uh We know them from media.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, then I'm, like <laughs> I'm aware of twins. Aware of the <laughs> twin phenomenon.
1: Yeah, there's other twins in media. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> examples also include.
1: I I'm trying to remember the ones from Shakespeare, but I'm just. Uh, Glazwell
0: just... Ford and Grindelschneck.
1: No, not them. There were actual twins were with the same names. I don't. Comedy of Errors. Uh, the dude and his butler got shipwrecked, and they're twins Maurice with the other LaMarche dude and his butler. And Rob, <laughs> Rob Paulson.
0: <laughs> oh man, can you imagine? I, I think that they're spiritual twins.
1: What are we gonna do tonight, Brain? I'm going to dress up like a girl so that <laughs> okay, I can dress up like a boy. W- and stay with me my now. Husband. You might want to
0: take notes. Get a notepad. <laughs> Write this out in duplicate. I'm gonna get
1: confused too. And then the witch too. was summoning a love potion the whole time. You <laughs> see. <laughs> Oh, gee, Brain, I don't know why I'm your sounding board for this. It sounds ra- <laughs> rather complicated, rather convoluted. <laughs> uh, uh, tone and genre. <laughs> I'm
0: yeah. done with characters, oh, God. no it's one so else. It's so hard to jump. <laughs> yeah, this is just a... Uh, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're shaking the, the grave dust off, everyone.
1: Um, yeah, so like we said, um, they did cram in the life lessons. It, it's entertainment first, life lessons second, cohesive world building dead last but honestly that's the strongest point
0: i like shows like this to have very loose edges it feels like the star wars in that way like where you can do anything because they never told us where we are like they never drew the outlines so you can go to a cloud factory that's on the table
1: (laughs) did you see the cloud uh, factory episode i did not let me let me run you down it just sounds so donkey kong 64 though yeah mm. so they're on their way to go see the um doodle fairies painting show sure and they pass by the cloud factory and the cloud lady is like can somebody look after my cloud factory i have to deliver some cloud custard and she sounds delicious yeah fine and she's (laughs) like okay let me just quickly show you how this works if if there's too many of this cloud just pull this lever and if you're having trouble just look at the weather map and there's a map and the Way this map animates is great because it's just like a like a flat map with, it's like a weather uh, uh, like a weather person. Yeah, it's like a a news channel map. Yeah, news channel map, and so that's kind of cool. And it's updating in real time. That's cool. That that almost feels like Magic School Busy a
0: little bit, like the the newer Magic School Bus where they actually have like technology to like show us 3D. And
1: it looks different from everything else, like the way it's animated. So it feels like a magical thing within this show. Uh, and then a storm cloud breaks free and it goes and it gives the finger. And it threatens to rain on the Doodle Fairy's paintings. And they're like, oh my God, it's going to smudge the paintings. It'll be ruined. How do we stop it? So they try charging it. It doesn't work. And they're like, oh, look, it's windy. She can help. Cut to giant floating head <laughs> in the sky. Like the Teletubbies guy? Like the Teletubbies no, baby? Like. Like just like a like a Zordon, like a Zordon, but with long, luxurious hair, oh, and that it's just sounds blowing great. a kite, and they're like, Wendy, can you help?" Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just wild. Like anything can happen. A lot Around of those one-off characters. A, a lot of the one-off
0: characters also have like relatively, like. Uh, Jersey accents which I appreciated you know what it does it does a similar thing to the, like wild thornberries where just the one off characters get an accent and it's like not a requirement to mm-hmm. explain the accent like a lot of them were like <laughs> New York garbage man <laughs> and I don't know why and I love it
1: oh my god this this beautiful finch hey I'm walking <laughs> hey what do you want I'm, I'm due for a Mucinex commercial <laughs> yada 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 <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know what point we were making, but good job. <laughs> it's so hard to, like, not digress here, and I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah, it, uh, j- I mean, just tone and genre, this is a kid's program. You're going to get a lot of the same thing that we've talked about recently mm-hmm. or, or, or previously in other children's programming stuff. Um, I do like that it is very inclusive. When it's not doing Enrique, it's pretty good with, you know, just Including different demographics. Also saw sure. so, I also saw a dragon in a wheelchair. Oh, that's nice. And uh just like it wasn't pointed out, it wasn't specific for that episode. It was just like he happened to be uh he auditioning for the play and he got to be king. And that's
1: it. Like, was there, it like no, there was no focus on it. He just happened to be in a wheelchair. It was great. I I I I appreciate that. I'm glad of it. I do have to ask though. Like, is it like dragon in a wheelchair where like the wings still work, or is it like? Like, he's got a cone around his... Like they all have they wings, it? so it would have to be... Like, I don't think... They didn't, he didn't have a cone <laughs> around his neck. I don't remember
0: what his wings... How do you stop a dragon from both flying and walking? I don't know, man. I, I Like, maybe he, his wings were injured. I didn't... It's weird that I focused on that detail and then just, like, passed over the rest of it. But uh, yeah. I don't remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why that's why you're writing for this show, right? Because you, you think of a cool thing that's in line with the PBS motto... And You don't really think about how it affects the greater world building. You're just like, this needs to go in because I got to fill time.
0: Yeah, I, I I guess so. Like, and there's it's the bar for quality has got to be pretty low. Uh, it just don't offend anyone. And like, there the thing is, there's no there's not going to be any like woke scolds kind of checking in on this shit. And they yeah. just no one's going to blast you online for putting in a, a dragon in, with a wheelchair into your show. The,
1: the the show on the whole is at worst benign yeah
0: there's no there's clearly no ill intent behind it it's just sometimes not handled well
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but th- that one was handled well so i appreciated it yeah um i was wondering if this qualified as escapist fantasy what are they escaping from <laughs> what, what What do we ever see their parents what, Indeed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do we ever see their parents
0: sane? Yeah,
1: I think I think like their mom calls for them at some point. You're wrong. We never see their parents. They're neglected no. children. They they're escaping <laughs> no, I a, heard their they're escaping say, like, a broken family. They they have a they have a whole episode where they're like, We're we're playing in the Ice Mountains in Dragonland and then they leave and then their mom's like, hey, kids, it's done snowing. You wanna come play outside? And they're like, oh, back at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I, I didn't
0: see the parents at all, so I was kind of hoping that they were uh, escaping from a dismal home life, but apparently that's not the case.
1: Yeah, it's... Because it's, uh, that would put it no, right in... There's no room for that with, here. That
0: would put it right in with uh, uh, Fairly Odd Parents.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the, this is the thing with, the, you know, when we try and think of what's dark or what's ironic or what's a conspiracy theory, with the PBS shows, it's not about the past, it's about the future. What happens when they grow up? That's That's <laughs> the... That's what's upsetting. I'm also like, generally,
0: I, I can get into some shows a little bit deeper about like, what could this mean? This one, I'm doing it as a joke. Like, the, like clearly, there is no intent to depict
1: a tragic home life with these characters. No. The the show is Candyland. There's one road, you go in one direction, you go at a varying pace, a lot of pretty colors. Speaking of the pretty colors, let's talk about animation. Mm. It's um, obviously very
0: colorful. <laughs> Um, The backgrounds are a lot like watercolors, which I I appreciated.
1: Watercolor or a pastel affair, like really nice colors like you'd see in a kindergarten room. Um, Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, I thought that they used the limited animation really well to make it feel like a storybook. I don't feel like it was that limited. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, Mm. they animate more than they strictly need to. um, Where, like... You know, you can, if Ord is eating six hot dogs, for example, and he's, like, tossing them up in the air and catching them in buns, there's a very, there's a He-Man way of doing that, and there's a, you know, uh, really cool and fancy, and he's, like, doing tricks way of doing it, and this is, this is the nice middle. Yeah, yeah. But it it could have gotten away with the um, He-Man version of it. it. It's that PBS, like, doing it for the love of the game polish. There's
0: a, there is a little bit of polish that relates to the fact that they're dragons, and well, if they're dragons. We should be able to draw some cool stuff. So you know, you get a little bit of flying in there. Um, mm-hmm. I saw one time Ord uh, just took a bunch of popcorn kernels out of his uh, out of his kangaroo pouch that he has.
1: <laughs> right. Because that's what
0: dra- dragons are all. Are marsupials, as I understand it.
1: They're every animal.
0: They're they're every animal group. All phylum. Be dragon. They're like Labos in that way.
1: All phylum be dragon. All phylum like, be dragon. It <laughs> sounds like a weird motivational poster. <laughs> yeah. Or like motto that you scream in the back of a rap song. Yeah. Do you not
0: say that? But he he pulls the uh, popcorn kernels out of his, of his of his kangaroo pouch, tosses them in the air, and then uses his fire breath to create popcorn. They don't need popcorn for any reason. He's just hungry. Yeah. You know, it's just a, a cute little thing of animation
1: that lets a little bit of the comedy come through a little bit of the inventiveness of the show yeah i i really like the dragons and their look on the whole like the kids like they look like pbs kids for sure um i thought they the good dragons the dragons are they're the chunky kind of dragon not the scary life kind of dragon mm-hmm. they have rounded spikes they have like this wilted leaf hair mm-hmm. where it's it's I don't know a better way to describe it.
0: They look like uh, the dragon. They, they they look a little bit like Spike from. Uh, from. Uh, Land Before Time. I mean, yeah, no, I didn't mean Land Before Time. I meant. Um, you meant Spike Spiegel. I didn't mean Spike Spiegel. <laughs> uh, I meant uh, Spike from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. They have like a baby dragon to have like a. A baby dragon. Baby dragon. <laughs> Combining him with the time wizard, clock friend. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh Yeah. So, but yeah, the, the, it's this is the round dino. <laughs> dragon.
0: Yeah, they, it, they're Barney's. You know, like they're they're yeah, big we, and these,
1: are, these are some Barney's. We got some Barney's here. Like not we got the some Barney's.
0: Da- not some stuffed animal Barney's, but like you know the doughy proportions. The, but these are not I, these are not carnivores.
1: The the impressive thing, and you can tell that like these were made by a guy who was both an artist and a teacher, like. There is a consistency to the dragon's shapes, and they are designed with a sense of real-world anatomical detail and structure, like the the ridges on the on the underbelly, right? Those look like those are holding in their guts in the way that abs do, you know? Yeah. I, I, does, does that sound like a sentence? No,
0: not really. I was moving on to my next point, and I just figured I'd agree with what you were saying because I didn't the, understand the, it.
1: When they're flying, their tails move to balance them out. Does that sound good? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, they they don't. They look organically designed. I guess would be yes. the way to put it. Like they
0: look yes. like creatures that uh that obey their own physics.
1: Thought was put into it.
0: Sure. I mean, I mean, it's just like the animation is not super limited in that you're gonna get people just standing stock still. Like they shift their weight, they blink, they, they like there are people kind of shuffling around. It's not um. It's not like super detailed, but like it, you get the feeling that these are organisms. Mm-hmm. They, they feel like you can interact with them, which is very important, I think, in um, in a in a show for little kids. You know, you yeah. w- you want him to feel like a friend. You want Ord to feel like a big friend, and that <laughs> that's what he that's friend. what he feels like. He feels like that because of the way he walks and kind of tumbles around. You know, like the big big Stumble stumbly boy all the way down the hill. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a lot like that. Uh, I wanted to point out one thing, which is that uh, there 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 were a lot of different animation groups that worked on this, including Rough Draft Korea, Sun Woo Entertainment, Wang Film Productions, and, and also Dong Woo Animation, which I don't know if you remember that. Sounds familiar. But it uh, they did the greed and gluttony sequences in Dante's Inferno, an animated epic they've come a long way <laughs> which is yeah i'm interested in that like i want to know what the groups were that did those two things and if there was any cross pollination or I- i'm interested to I, see I want what other stuff see, they do
1: i want to see the interview where they made the connection where they were like okay let's find a good animation team for Dante, let's okay. What's your history? Show me your portfolio. <laughs> yeah, like, these dragons are moving real nice.
0: It kind of makes me want to do a special feature where we just look at an animation studio and watch a bunch just of different through. clips for it. I like that. Yeah, I would love to do Dong Wu uh, Unlimited or whatever. Yeah,
1: what else? What else they got?
0: <laughs> Dong Wu Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, Dong Dong Wu Ultimate Sacrifice. Um. Let's move on to mu- music and sound, shall we? Hang on, I I got to quickly google
1: what else they've done. Yeah, we need some chaff for for the episode. Yeah, I don't know most of these <laughs> most of these proper nouns. What's Olympus Guardian? That sounds rad as shit. Dually the dinosaur. I'm going to go ahead and
0: guess Origami Warriors. I'm going to go ahead and that guess yeah. Amazing. This is uh they apparently have done a bunch of um Public broadcasting for kids stuff, like Dooley the Dinosaur, or whatever that is. Of course, they also did something called Naughty Caratops Curilo.
1: <laughs> oh, Ben, they did uh, Ben 10. Hmm, hang on. They did Ben 10, Bravest Warriors, and Black Dynamite. What the hell? <laughs> What's going on here? They did Freakazoid. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean they got not all of these yeah, are they're not doing the whole thing, but they're doing they're, yeah, they they're worked on it. They this. they worked on
0: the 2003 Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that I mean they they it seems like, you know, syndicated animation is is sort of what they're here for, so.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool. And I'm here for them. Uh
0: the 2012 He-Man uh remake. 2012, 22, two, 2002, excuse me. Two Oh, Oh, they also two, contributed two. in Justice League. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you want to well, hear Justice, more about Justice, Justice League, League is a big team. and if you want to know more about Justice League, you can go to the Watchtower, uh, which is right. another podcast I do about the Justice League cartoon. Which we should probably add a link to Fancy Bat about that, but I haven't.
1: Yay! Good for me. Good for good for me. Good for me. Oh, freakazoid. Um, do we want to get back on track? Yeah, let's let's get back in with some music and sound. Yeah. So I I mentioned before that it's, um, you know, a lot of orchestral, but without, you know, a lot of the parts that we usually associate with orchestral, like it's not uh, exciting, dramatic strings vibrating. It's like, uh, you know, you ever go, you ever like walk through a park and there's like a local brass band and they're playing a little show for children playing with their teddy bears? Uh, no, (laughs) and I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) They do that sometime around, you know? (laughs) I'll assume you're correct for the sake of the argument. I'm, I'm correct. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's, it is a pleasant lumber along, like, it's, it's a lot like Ord, you know? It just kind of lumbers along pleasantly, and sometimes he says something that perks up, perks up your ears and makes you pay attention. But for the most part, it's just there to kind of hold your hand through the experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that kind of goes back to the design philosophy of this show, whereas you know, Sesame Street is more interactive, and this one is a more like passive viewing experience, an immersive kind of thing. Like, this is very much a plop your toddler in front of the TV so you can go make dinner kind of show.
1: Yeah, and they'll watch any number of these, and right? I think they, they just keep coming.
0: And I think that's what the music is really good at is it is it holds your hand through. The bits, the kind of the the mosey, the moseying, the 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 pace, the very slow-paced kind of uh, adventure.
1: Yeah, it, it it has the same effect that uh, battle music has for an RPG. Like, it tells you when to feel your, cool. Yeah, we're te- we're keeping your attention engaged for the parts where like we need you to get to the next good bit. It's very helpful that the
0: orchestral score was created for this show because. The uh, rising and falling of the music corresponds to the points of points of articulation yeah. of the
1: plot. Yeah, there's absolutely no way that this that this music is independent of what you're. No, it would be impossible. It's like, like like Peter and the Wolf. Like exactly, you're, you're telling like, a story through the music.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's a very classic um, kids programming kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Teletubbies, they show you the same thing twice. So once so you can get the, the audio and once so you can get the visual or just mm-hmm. so like you can kind of put the little pieces together. I think this is along the same lines, you know, where um, the the coherence between what you're hearing and what you're seeing is very important at that age. Because otherwise yeah, I can imagine a person of a very young age being kind of
1: overstimulated, which is not how you want your kid to be. Yeah, you don't want them to focus on anything in particular. You just want the feeling to saturate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a very like British baking
0: show kind of for kids. Parents, saturate your children with feelings. <laughs> Brim to bursting, filled to burst <laughs> with feelings. They apparently also did... So this was... Um, orig- the original score was composed by Jim Latham and Brian Garland, and apparently each episode also included an interstitial segment between story arcs, which I did not see
1: because, you know, we're watching this in an archive of some sort. Well, remember what uh, what Josh told us about the um, PBS, how those interstitials are um, cut for uh, uh, ad space in external markets. So mm. they, they probably cut that when I watched this on YouTube. Um, so I don't know. And, and did the, you see any of them? No, uh, that's probably why... Um, The names of of the titles of each of the episodes on YouTube didn't relate to the show. So like, um, one one of the episode titles was like, Max loves a train or something like that. And I'm like, I got to find out what that means. (laughs) Um, but that was like one about snow and one about, um, So it it was referring to the interstitial. I assume so.
0: Hmm. That That is an interesting choice. Um, I am famously against music in my shows, but for this crowd, it makes sense. Not for like a Phineas and Verb, and not if it's not done well. But I liked it in Fraggle Rock. I thought that those were, those were pleasant. I like them more yeah, when they're into the integrated songs. into the story, which they tend to yeah. do
1: pretty well with kids' entertainment. Well, what did you think of the uh, intro song?
0: That this is an earworm.
1: Yeah, it's pretty catchy. This it's is got, a, this is good. It's got a very complex like rhythm and beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a samba like, or something yeah you you've got the maraca sounds, and then you have actually like claves mm-hmm. um I'm familiar with know, claves. Again, I again, used to just, be in percussion section in my, in high school. It's the one that goes
0: that that's castanets
1: no, it's not castanets. It's the one where you have a a wooden rod and a wooden block with divots in it and you you hit you you stroll one across the other that's
0: not claves claves is just the the hitting one
1: no, I don't think
0: that that's a wood block uh it, it claves is the one with like the little semicircle cut out underneath it and you cup it in your hand because you want to get that hollow acoustics and oh, then shit, you...
1: you're right what am i thinking of
0: i don't know god what's that what's it called like oh, the the, the, it the, this the, the zipper thing the zzzz, zzzz.
1: one of those no guys? it's it's not as dumb as the zipper thing i, but it's I know related. but like... <laughs> <laughs> the fun with audio mediums Oh great! I, I type in percussion instrument and it auto completes with ridges. I'm like, okay, yeah, the, the ridges thing. I am seeing Guriro. I don't, I don't know that one. I guess I was a shit
0: percussionist. I do like the intro music though. Like it's, 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 it's like the music in the show. It's just very chill and kind of inviting.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 instrumentation and the sound is again. It's trying to do that, like uh, uh, you know drawing people into that multiculturalism, they add just a little bit of the, the you know, Hispanic flavor kind of there. But um, the lyrics and melody is much closer to like a nursery rhyme.
0: Yeah, this this is very much this feels like um, this feels like a like a kindergarten teacher with an acoustic guitar underneath a park
1: tree. Yeah, yeah. This has a very you know clean up, clean up. Everybody, do your share kind yeah. of feel. It's a little bit and like it's qu- it's a quite a bit better than that. It's quite a bit better. Like there are two voices, and one of them holds the the uh, note from the previous one and escalates a little bit, while the other one starts the next verse. It, it flows very nice. Very complimentary. It's like having Yeah, it, you know, you're you're putting this classroom full of kids da- down for a nap. This is
0: this is better than a jingle. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. and that's that's most of what you get with a lot of kids cartoons so i'm i'm happy i'm
1: very pleased with this uh this intro sequence yeah overall very few problems with the aesthetics of this show and honestly it's so it's so inoffensive i don't have problems with any of it
0: which makes it hard to. uh, yeah the only problem i have with it is it's hard to talk about because it's like it's fine it's fine and it's for kids
1: like what what more do you want yeah there are worse things to expose your children to
0: no this is like this is great like uh it's not getting me excited about it like fraggle rock does because that was uh visionary that was art yeah that's art this is just like (laughs) quality product you know it's different it's a it's just quality product but i i still like it
1: yeah i i I go to the store for some peanuts i'm not expecting my mind blown i expect the same thing i've gotten a million times i want some peanuts yeah these are there's a good can of peanuts or like a trail mix, right? It's like, oh, this one's got some yogurt raisins in it. Fantastic. Yeah, I could take a, I could take a chocolate chip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't
0: have anything else to say about this. This is like a, a pretty breezy show, and so it makes sense Get that it's a breezy epi- episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all right. That has been the tr- the tale of the dragon. Yep, I, I liked it better than
0: uh, American Dragon Jake Long.
1: Yeah. What other dragon things have we done?
0: Uh, well, I think it's more interesting to ask Zane,
1: Ooh. what dragon things we're going to do. Well, amazing segue. Thank you. Uh, the next thing that we're going to do is a movie, and we're going to be watching Fire Breather, which I remember watching on your tiny old TV in your room back in like 2010. Oh, uh, I get- I kind of re- I've got this Oprah memory of that too. I I, I only. The only thing I reason that I remembered it is because it doesn't look like anything else uh, that was on at the time, but it's basically about a kid who turns into a kaiju, and you know it's puberty, but it, it's Spider Man, but he's Godzilla. Does it, is that doing it for you? I, I think that 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 does make sense. I think
0: I keep on mixing up my memories of that with Shark Kid and Lava Girl,
1: Shark Kid, ooh ha ha, or Spy Kids, or one of those one of those kids movies about powers of some sort i if uh if we ever extend out of animation spy kids feels like, if, if if we're ever doing like what about live action that feels like it should be animated then we can do spy kids we gotta
0: do all the frankie muniz early early stuff
1: Ooh, the frankie muniz verse is that what we're doing for our yeah show? we gotta
0: do the the muniverse um and uh we can start with agent cody banks which i think one of the uh I think, I think one of the. the I think there was. I, I saw the words Agent Cody Banks when I was doing my research, but I can't remember where it was. Hmm. Uh, so it was probably one of the voice actors.
1: <laughs> um, when you said Agent Cody Banks and that's ABC, I'm like, what are we, are we going to do? his Always be Cody alphabetically? Banks. <laughs> Always be Cody Banks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, We're out of practice, everyone. Does it show? Uh, after that, Zane, I think it's time. For us to do something that we probably should have done a long time ago, sure. And uh, you know, it's a. Uh, and This isn't a supo, is it?
1: Uh, no.
0: So set the way back machine for I want to say mid to late '90s uh, yeah, when we there. when we were not so certain of uh, what the future hold, uh, what the what the future held. And this is an absurdist look at what that future might look like through the eyes of a bunch of boomers. Uh, this is Rocco's Modern Life.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot more to talk about there because it is... Um, I just remember Rocco's Modern Life as this thing that was like surreal and weird and appealed to me on a kid level. And now that I'm going to look back on it, I feel like there's going to be a lot of like social commentary and critique that seemed less biting than it actually was. Maybe. I, like It it was pushing envelopes at the time, certainly. I mean, the, the antagonistic organization is called Conglomerate.
0: Oh, that's so good. And those, ch- <laughs> I, I, I've got a lot to say about those Chameleon Bros. Ooh, the Chameleon Brothers. No, no, not. not I think you mean the Chameleon Brothers, darling.
1: I'm pretty sure. Remember. I'm pretty sure they're
0: like the excessively flamboyant either hairstylists or car salesmen or whatever the plot requires. They were, they
1: were doing a lot of things, they were doing
0: a lot of shtick
1: um yeah great and i believe that has a um netflix revival uh uh like short film it does uh, that's probably that's probably worth watching if you haven't already i think I'll, i i have not watched it have you yeah i think you'll like it
0: okay yeah i watch it at the end i'll probably I'll, I'll probably do that yep uh i have a lot of uh i have a lot of fondness for that show in particular and i've never seen fire worker a
1: fire fire, fire barker yeah, I, my my one major sense memory of Rocco's Modern Life is when uh, Rocco and Heifer are arguing about like what the witch's house in their fairy tale is made oh, of. Oh yeah, and they're like, it's made of healthy snacks. I'm like, no, it's made of pizza. And and then Filbert comes, comes, comes in. in like, Listen, guys, it's made of fish sticks. Let's keep going.
0: <laughs> I uh, I remember that there was like a, this weird conspiracy where Filbert was an alien who could give you the high five of death. <laughs>
1: i i think we're gonna have a we're gonna draw a lot of connections to spongebob uh like primordial spongebob dna in this
0: i think that this pushes more of the envelope than spongebob does and i think it's probably more quality show overall especially considering That's it's primordial especially considering especially considering the later spongebob seasons mm-hmm. but uh we can talk about that later really looking forward to it yeah so if you're looking forward to it you can go to uh our facebook page at the card uh you can look up our Facebook page, the Cartoncast. <laughs> you, can
1: look, you know how to use Facebook. You know, you, <laughs> Don't you lie you can, to me. You can go
0: to our Facebook page, or you can go to our website, cartoncast.com or fancybat.com slash cartoncast. You can check out the contact page there uh, if you want to send us a uh, request for us to look at a show of some sort or a movie. There's also a bunch of other shows on the network that you might uh, be interested in. And uh, if you would go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or review, we'd really
1: appreciate it. Yeah, and if you want to hear more, uh, Ben, he uh, he just put out a couple of episodes on Elite 8 Showdown. Oh, that's right. Yes, you can
0: go <laughs> over to the Professional Casual Network, which is, some, which is a uh, podcast group of friends that I contribute with from time to time. I'm on one of their podcasts pretty regularly, and uh, I make an appearance on Elite 8 Showdown.
1: With Big Chuck. Yeah. Uh, can you explain to me why they keep referring to you only as medium-sized Ben? I cannot. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't understand this. It's probably the same reason that I'm referred to as
0: Reliford, and you're just called Zane. I've never understood how many like nicknames people give you. It's because Ulysses got to Philadelphia first, and he could seed everyone.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's got that seed. He's, he's like
0: a he's like a sapper. He got inside the defenses early on, and now he,
1: the meme seed. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and those don't eat the meme seed, or you're going to get some meme dreams. <laughs> and those episodes are about you talking about uh, King of the Hill characters.
0: Yeah, I dude, I went down a real rabbit hole. You watched a little bit of the King of the Hill with me, and I think you were pleasantly surprised at how non-abrasive it was.
1: Yeah, and, and for the audience who doesn't know what the that podcast is about, basically you get a topic, and it can be, it can be some wild and just random topics, and they make an eight-membered uh, bracket, and they see who comes out on top. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We did uh, two brackets, one for...
0: Uh, I think the best side character, or most Im- impactful side character, or most something most underrated, most underrated, and then most underrated main character. And uh, yeah, it was it was really really fun. Uh, those guys are great. Check them out. Check out all yep. the professional casual network stuff. And
1: check out us. Check them and out. Yeah, and let's let's uh let's go check out reality. You know, we we've had our nice time in Dragonland. I think let's. Uh, I filled up on so much coal in the Krampus zone. Oh you, no, Ben! you't I got a, I got a whole knapsack.
0: I could be like a, a reverse Santa next year. <laughs> Just throwing coal at children. Yeah, yeah. If you bean one, that means you win Christmas, right? I mean, they were we were not kids. raised. We weren't raised
1: Catholic. Yeah, yeah. um I wish. I wish to use this rhyme to end the show. Until next time. Yeah, that works yeah I'm like, i like uh it's I, don't easy know. I wrote it down like yeah have you ever considered fuck it i